So, uh, so far in this Nicene Creed that we've been working through, um, if you've not picked up one of these cards yet, you're trying to memorize this creed, please take one home. You'll find some on the seats or on the way out. Uh, or maybe the first part will come up on the screen as well. Let's just read up to where we are stopping and dealing with today from the top. Um, is it going to come up? We'll see in a moment. Maybe, possibly, perhaps. If not, I'm just going to say it out loud anyway, and you can join me if you want to. No worries, I'll keep going anyway. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him, all things were made. We'll just leave it there for now. Heavenly Father, would you just help us Please, we don't just want to teach and grow in head knowledge. Holy Spirit, we welcome you to dynamically meet with us and to continue the work that you've already started in us this morning. Lord, right now as well, we pray you be coming powerfully upon our teenagers and the team as they serve them. Lord, we so long to hear about encounters with you this morning that will change their lives forever as a result of meeting you this morning. So come and be with us now, Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. So we've been using the, the old Nicene Creed. Um, the idea is that it helps us grow. Uh, our responsibility is to grow in maturity as disciples of Jesus Christ. Uh, and the, the kind of twofold application for us is that A, we will grow, and B, that we'll grow in confidence in, in being able to share our faith in Jesus Christ. We live in a 21st century culture in a town like Crawley where all kinds of ideas are shifting and moving quickly and the things that we can feel that we've been rooted in can suddenly seem out of date as believers and so this series is to help us have a confident grounding in the things that we do believe and can boast in as followers of Jesus Christ. Um, we said in our last, the first two weeks, last couple of weeks, you can catch up again on, online um, in our kind of intro to this series that this creed that was written around 1700 years ago. You think, does that have any, any relevance for us today? But really was written in response to deal with the same kinds of questions and ideas about Jesus that we still face today. And so our biggest prayer really is that from these kinds of sessions that, that we feel a measure of confidence and equipping to go and talk about Jesus with confidence uh, in the outside world, with our friends, our neighbours, our family, uh, our work colleagues. We're learning to do that imperfectly. We're growing in that. We've got lots to learn in that. I was reading this week, reminded of a quote from the old uh, famous evangelist uh, uh, D.L. Moody, um, who was criticised for his evangelism style. Uh, he said, frankly, I sometimes do not like my way of doing evangelism, but I like my way of doing it better than your way of not doing it. <laughs> I think these days they do that afterwards. Um, and, you know, we've got loads to learn about how to do evangelism, how to lift up the name of Jesus. But even if we do it imperfectly, let's keep talking about Jesus with anyone that's open to hearing about him. Let's keep stepping out and growing. Um, and so uh, behind this uh, Nicene Creed that was put together, the, the identity of Jesus was being questioned. The ideas about who he is in relation to God. Um, some of it was dealt with in the previous section. Ken covered it so well last, uh, last Sunday, but it, it, some of the same ideas get emphasised again today. It's because they're important. We're supposed to get the message from the creed and from the scriptures that inform the creed, that there is no doubt at all Jesus Christ is fully God. 
Here's a little summary. He was not created. He has always been God from the beginning. He wasn't just a special man, um, not someone on whom the Holy Spirit came at his baptism in the River Jordan, not someone of whom the Holy Spirit lifted off when he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me on the cross? No, Jesus is God himself and always has been. And so we need to be clear about Jesus. It's the most imp- if, we're, if we're going to grow ourselves and grow in sharing Jesus, we must be clear about who he is. Um, in fact, we can't grow in Christ-likeness if we're not sure who Christ is in the first place. And so we're not just speaking generally about a God who loves us. We're speaking specifically about Jesus the Son in these sections today and last week. Jesus the Son who demonstrates his eternal love for us by taking the place we deserve for our sins, by dying on the cross, by rising from the dead, by making a way for us into God's presence. My heart in all of this actually is that it leads us to worship. I don't think we can speak about Jesus in this way and his amazing plan of salvation for us without worship rising in our hearts to want to lift him up, to talk about him uh, more. So this morning, briefly, who is Jesus? Uh, The first phrase we mentioned is God from God. Um, You may recognise some of these phrases, God from God, um, light from light, uh, true God of true God. Um, I was thinking, where where have I heard those before? Is it just because I know the creed? Oh no, it's it's from that famous old Christmas carol, Wesley's um, O Come, All Ye Faithful. In my house we have a rule uh, that if you uh, are caught playing any kind of Christmas music, whether it's Slade or O Come, All Ye Faithful, prior to December the 1st, you are sent to your room. Okay? (laughs) Even, a, even an inadvertent humming uh, gets that kind of punishment. Um, but I found myself this week singing, uh, God of God, light of light eternal, lo, he abhors not the virgin's womb. Very God, begotten, not created. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Christ the Lord. That's beautiful. Give yourselves a round of applause. June the 3rd. Wimbledon hasn't even started yet. Here you are. What a shame. Nick Cameron's uh, on the Holy Spirit Day today. She's already got her Christmas lights up at home. Um, She's missed that. This is where these truths uh, come from. Uh, And actually, it's where they lead us to. Oh, come let us adore him. We we can't speak about God from God, light from light, without it leading us back to worship, without us getting on our knees in awe, in surrender to the Saviour and his amazing plan of salvation for us. John 1, 1 at the start of John's Gospel tells us in the beginning was the Word, speaking of Jesus, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. You've got to follow John's phrasing which can seem complex at first, but he writes so beautifully to introduce Jesus coming to earth for us. God from God. Um, As Ken taught us last week, eternally begotten. He's always been this living Jesus, the living Word has always been God from the beginning. Um, What John is saying in the first verse of his first chapter of his gospel is, this Jesus is God. Uh, Later on in uh, Mark's gospel, I think Matthew um, comments on this uh, as well, there are those who know Jesus and have uh, have observed him beginning to do miracles and this amazing teaching, and they remark of him, isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't he just a carpenter? Isn't he Mary's boy? Don't we know his brothers and sisters? 
Uh, and they struggle with what many of us and many in our generation struggle with today. They, they've, they've understood there's an earthly Jesus. There's the man Jesus. Ken talked very well last week on the humanity of Jesus. But along with that, we also lift our heads and recognize and believe that this Jesus is the eternal God from God. He's the one who was and is and is to come and always will be. And that's why we worship him. He's not just the carpenter's son. And he's the light from lights. Um, Psalm 27, 1. I love Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The psalmist is, is looking forward through time to the, the, the light of salvation that would, would come to us. And so when John is beginning to introduce Jesus at the start of his gospel, John 1, 4, speaking of Jesus the Christ, says, In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness but the darkness has not understood it. Verse 9 of John 1, the true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. I love the, the, the build-up in John's Gospel, the introduction to Jesus, the curtain being pulled back. Here he comes. The true light that gives light to every man is coming into the world. The one the psalmist said, oh, he's the light of our salvation. We've got no one to fear. John says, open your eyes. Here he comes on stage left. And here he is, the God of light from the beginning, here to bring true light to the world, true hope. It's a, it's a new dawning. It's the full dawning uh, of God on planet Earth. It's the start of the new creation. And so Jesus himself, John 8, 12 says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Well, anyone here need some light of life this morning? We need to come near to Jesus, don't we? To get through the roof, as Jackie was encouraging us earlier, get to the feet of Jesus. He's the light from God. Later on, his disciples get a little glimpse of the true light of Jesus. They've seen the human Jesus, but they, uh, Peter, James, and John go up the mountain with him in uh, is it, uh, Matthew 17, and Jesus is transfigured, this extraordinary moment where they see something of Jesus with the glory he had before he came to earth and something of the glory he'll have now ascended in the present heaven. And it says in Matthew 17, verse 2, as they looked at him, his face shone like the sun. Mine's a bit like that today after a day on the beach at Eastbourne yesterday, but even more brilliant and beautiful than this, if you can picture that. Okay, His face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as light. Matthew 17, 5 says, he was enveloped in a bright cloud and you would hardly be able to look at him. Um, and then there's greater light to come as we look at this light from light that is Jesus Christ. Right now, Jesus is no longer on earth. He ascended into heaven. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. He's still uh, interceding for us. One day soon, there's going to be a loud shout and Jesus will come back to planet earth for the new heaven and the new earth. But right now, the resurrected, ascended, eternal Jesus is gloriously bright in heaven. Revelation 1 says he, he shines like the sun. His feet gleam like burnished bronze. And as we move on to when Jesus does return to planet Earth, uh, Revelation 21 tells us this, this eternally bright morning star, this God that will shine so brightly in the new heavens and the new earth is, is so shining bright that we won't even need any lamps or lights in the new city that is the new heaven on earth. Indeed, Revelation 21, 23 tells us it's the glory of God that gives it its light. And the lamb, that's Jesus Christ, the lamb who was slain, the sacrifice for our sins, the lamb is its lamp. So this Jesus that said, I am the light of the world, there's an even more glorious revelation of his light that is coming one day in the new heaven and the new earth. This is Jesus, the light of the world, God from God, 
light from light. And, and we pray this morning as we worship him that we see him more clearly and brightly revealed, not just to us, but through us as well. This, this light would be seen by all men and may lead many to worship. God from God, light from light, true God from true God. Again, in case you are unsure about the identity of Jesus, not only is he God from God, light from light, but he's the true God. Uh, he is the truth. John 17 3 to 5 says, Now this is eternal life, that they may know you. This is Jesus praying for himself. That they may know you, Father, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So Jesus, praying for himself, comes to his Father, recognises the Father as the one true God, and, and sees himself as the one true God, sent by the one true God. Do you follow what's going on there in this beautiful kind of Trinitarian prayer that Jesus is praying, and he says now, verse 5, Now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I have with you before the world began. Wow, it's amazing. Jesus is the true God. John 15, 1, he's the true vine. John 1, 9, he's the true light. John 6, 32, he's the true bread. He is the truth. The word true that features in all those verses, uh, the Greek word uh, alatinos, means genuine, genuine. There's only one genuine article. There are all kinds of counterfeit gods out there, all kinds of idols, all kinds of truths that promise to satisfy, that draw our worship, that distract us. None of them are ultimately genuine. There is only one genuine, and that is Jesus Christ himself. Uh, I think in the first week of this, we looked in 1 Corinthians 8, 5 and 6, where Paul writes to the, the pagan culture in Corinth. Indeed, there are many gods, small g, many lords. Yet for us, there is but one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things came and through whom we live. There's only one true God from true God. And this true God is all that we need. Wherever you're at this morning, whatever place you find yourself in. I was speaking with a, a young man, young Romanian guy in town last, last week. He was sharing to me about his broken heart after his mother died. He said, everything I've tried has not taken away the pain in my heart. I was able to say to him, Jesus is the only one the only true way to deal with the pain in your heart. He's the true portion. He is, uh, if we're in darkness, he is the true light. Um, if we're really hungry, he really is the only true bread that will satisfy like nothing else. He's the true living water. That means we'll never be thirsty again. If we're, if we're feeling like all the leaves have fallen off our branches and we are withering and fruitless, he is the true vine. He's the one who's full of life. And we can know him and we can rely on him and we can stand in this truth. John 8, 32, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Indeed, everything we're looking at here is not just about knowing truth as precepts and concepts. It's about knowing a person, Jesus Christ. When, when the scriptures say you'll know the truth, it's talking about knowing Jesus, an intimate, deep, loving friendship with the true vine, the true bread, the true light, the true God of true God. I won't speak about begotten, not made. Ken covered that last week. But just to say uh, again that uh, Jesus has always been, to use his phrase, before Abraham was, I am. And you can struggle to get your heads around that for the rest of, of today. Jesus said, I and the Father are one. Um, and uh, perhaps that's our next phrase that we, uh, we, we come to. Uh, begotten, not made of one being, of one essence, with the Father. John 10.30, I and the Father are one. Again, we can get our minds into confusion about the, the Trinity. Uh, perhaps we'll talk about that on the sofas in, in a moment. We said there are three things that we hold uh, in tension 
uh, around the Trinity. Um, one is that there are three persons, Father, Son, and Spirit. Number two is that each of those three persons are fully God and completely God. And we have to get our heads around uh, those things as we come to the Trinity. And Jesus himself says that I and the Father are one. Jesus himself says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Colossians 1.15 tells us the Son, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Hebrews 1.3 tells us the Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. And so when we look at Jesus, we see God himself. And finally, before we uh, do some discussion on this, the creed tells us through whom, speaking of Jesus, all things were made. And again, perhaps I'll just read you a couple of scriptures. Uh, and we, maybe we can talk about this in a moment. Hebrews 1-2, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he's spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he also made the universe. Colossians 1:16 and 19, For in him, in Jesus, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. So not only is this Jesus the one who spoke all things into being, but he's also the one, if you read on in Colossians 1, he's the one who has authority to bring everything under his headship in heaven and on earth forever because of his blood that was shed on the cross. It's Jesus that spoke these, uh, this creation into, into being. I'm just going to pray for a moment and then uh, we'll do some discussion and conversation that I hope will help us get under the skin of this. Lord Jesus, we worship you. Oh, we love that song we sing. What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. It really is beautiful. It really is wonderful to speak of you. And even just over a few minutes to speak of some of the truths about the incredible name of Jesus. We love you. We worship you. How good it is to lift you up this morning. We thank you that you came as a man. That you came as an example for us. As one who was without sin and yet is able to sympathize with us in every way. Able to help us. But we praise you also as the one who is God and is from God and has always been God. We worship you as the one who was with God in the beginning. The one who's lived in perfect love with the Father and the Holy Spirit for eternity. The one who's invited us into this loving relationship, Father, Son and Spirit, through your death on the cross. Lord Jesus, we worship you as the God of light. We're in awe of you. Would you reveal your true light to us? Would you reveal your light through us? Um, would you guide us and would you show others your light through us? Lord, you're the true God. You're the way, the truth, the life. Lord, I speak into every heart this morning that needs satisfying from you. Would you come and be our portion, be our true vine, our true bread, our true light. We need to know you more. Reveal yourself, we pray, in every way where we're longing for your provision uh, in these ways. So Lord, we come with adoration, we come with praise, we come to a saviour who's made all things and has all authority and yet invites us to come and know you and share in your love. Would you strengthen us as your disciples and Lord, would you strengthen our testimony of Jesus Christ that comes out of our mouths with those that don't yet know you. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 So, um, can I invite uh, Hannah, Ken, Danny? Uh, Chris is going to help us. Uh, where's Dan gone? Have we missed him? We lost him somewhere. Well, we'll make a start. He can come and join us. Great, let's welcome them, shall we?
So while we're waiting for Danny, I'll just explain what's going to happen. So we've had um, some questions asked. There have been two or three questions that have been asked by people using the uh, question at lovecrawley.co.uk email address or one of the various hashtags or things on social media, which I'm sure most of you are far more adept than I am in using. So just while we're, he'll appear in a minute. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to ask these guys um, some of the questions that you have been asking um, and let them give us a little bit of a view on it, maybe have a bit of a conversation about it. And hopefully that is going to help to throw some light on some of, some of what Steve and Ken and others have been talking about. So now they're all comfortable on their sofas, I'm going to kick off. So the first, um, the first question comes from talking about God from God and God being one being with the Father. So I'm going to start, I'm going to go ladies first because I'm nice like that. So I'm going to ask Hannah a question. So what is it, why is it good news that God comes from God and is one being with the Father? It's very good news. If God didn't come from God, it would mean that God is on his own, up there, high and lifted up, the Almighty, the Creator, no doubt. But loveless, um, totally self-sufficient, well, no, he is self-sufficient, but without this sort of the giving, generous heart that we know that God has because he sent his Son. So that act of sending shows that God is outreaching, he's generous, he's giving, he's giving of himself, he's loving, he's friendly, he's for us. There's so much good news just in that simple phrase, yeah. That's brilliant, thank you. And, and um, recognizing that, that Jesus is fully God, we've been talking a lot this morning about encountering um, Jesus. So when we encounter Jesus, knowing that he's fully God, how does that change the way that we see him and the way that we can be in his presence? I, I think it's just amazing. I think it's such a, I, I think it's something about God being so uh, undescribable that, that it's just... Uh, blows my socks off you know we, we can't really understand the trinity i mean steve was saying oh yeah maybe we'll talk about the trinity i'm sitting there thinking no i don't think we can <laughs> i genuinely don't think we can uh, and i think it's so neat when, when you have this idea well, how can god be god and god be jesus and god be the holy spirit and they're three separate but they're three all in one and it's just uh it, it it's not the sort of thing actually that, that we can explain away it's kind of really neat that there are some things we sit on the sofa and think of, oh, you know what, we're going to scratch our heads on that one as well. But I just think it's just so amazing that God is, is in many ways beyond our understanding. What Hannah was saying, you know, God is, is up there, but at the same time, he's, ult he's absolutely understandable. He reveals himself to us, and that's all kind of caught up in this business of, uh, yeah, Jesus is God, and, and God is God, um, uh, and I'm wittering now. But, but I, I just think it just blows my mind, really. It's great. And I, I think, I mean, it's, it's mind-blowing, it's awesome. Hannah's talking about a God in eternity past who's existed, Father, Son, and Spirit. And we think, I don't even understand the concept, but the scriptures are really helpful. And, and John chapter 1 helps us because it says, and, and look, here's Jesus. 
And Jesus says, if, if, if you see me, you've seen the Father. If you want to know the Father, get to know me. And so we get invited into, into, this, into worship of this God, Father, Son, and, and Spirit. Uh, so Jesus says, John 17, isn't it? If you, if you love me, obey my commands, and I and the Father will come and make our home in you by the, by the Spirit. So it's more than just even a, a theological idea that we struggle to grasp, or even a kind of awesome worship through Jesus we get brought into this beautiful community of generous, self-giving love. Uh, we get drawn into it like a, like a whirlpool of love that we just can't pull out of because uh, he's so loving, so giving, so generous. And it really does blow our socks off. You're, you're absolutely right. I, I know we were talking about uh, the names of God. It was kind of one of the questions that Chris was going to kind of throw out anyway. But, but I think it follows on so nicely. You know, uh, wh why, do we ha why do we talk about Jehovah? Why do we talk about Yahweh? Why don't we use those kind of words today? Uh, and there's, this, there's almost kind of this cultural context in that you can't sum up God in a name. You just can't do that. Um, the, the word Yahweh, it comes from, from the Hebrew, uh, I am. And it comes from that story where when Moses was before God and, and Moses said, who should I say sent me? And God said, I am who I am. And uh, for Moses, that was a great name. That, that, that worked for him. Uh, but in one sense, that kind of doesn't work for us, I don't think. If, if you were to say to me, who are you? And I was to say, well, I am who I am. That wouldn't come across very well. So, so we need if you like, more names for God. One of the things that we, Chris was praying, I think, this morning, it was fantastic. We, we were reaching out to a God who can do great things. Yeah, that, was, that was what we were praying for, wasn't it? A God who can. And isn't that a great name for God? He can. Uh, and, and I remember here, here listening to uh, David Pawson once, who's, who's a great uh, speaker, really steeped in Old Testament and Jewish history. And he said, I wanted a name for God. Uh, and even like David Pawson said, well, Yahweh isn't good enough for me because he said, I'm not Jewish. I haven't got that background. God, what can I call you? What, what's the name that works for me? Uh, and he just felt God said, always. Just, what a powerful name, you know, call me he who is always. So, so we just got to roll all of this up uh, and somehow just end up saying, yeah, it, it's God. Uh, have you got any sort of... Yeah, I mean, I... Uh, I mean, the answer that the Nicene Creed that we've been looking at today gives about the name for God is Jesus. And we, we need to be really clear that there is no abstract, transcendent spirit in the sky, energy as people talk about. The only God that we talk about, when we say God as Christians, he is always Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We only know anything about him because he's revealed himself to us, first through the prophets, through his word, and ultimately through Jesus. So if, if you don't, sometimes you don't like the sound of, of God, you know, it's a bit frightening, it's a bit impersonal. I'm not in the mood to worship again. If, if ever you have those thoughts, which is, is normal, just remember when we're not talking about um, the, the golden calf with horns. We're not talking about uh, a killjoy, a dark, someone that leeches our energy. We're talking about, isn't that the carpenter's son? Isn't that 
Jesus, that, that one that people came down the, the, the roof to, to see, that one so full of chutzpah and life and laughter and made water into wine, that is who we're talking about. That's the name of God. That's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. It's amazing when we start to um, scratch under the surface of some of the phrases that we read in Scripture and we start to actually understand what they mean rather than just what they say because often what they say has come from many different sort of cultural expressions and people trying to translate something that's impossible to, to grasp and put it into words that we can understand. So it's, it's really helpful listening to scratching under the surface a little bit like we're doing this morning. Um, so just taking that um, a little bit further, the, the last phrase that we looked at was through him all things were made. Now, for those of us that have read any of the Bible, we know that things were made in the beginning. Um, but we've been talking about Jesus, who wasn't he the carpenter's son? And we've been praying this morning about encountering Jesus now. So it seems a little bit confusing that you can have the same person who was in the beginning before the creation, through whom creation was made, and was a carpenter's son that people could see and touch and hear and he is with us today and speaking to us now so um and this is a question that actually has come from the floor as well the question the, the way the question was worded was what does it mean for god or for jesus to be out of time outside of time which is kind of what we're talking about isn't it because that it doesn't make sense who, who shall i ask that who do you think i should throw that to let's have a let's have a vote who thinks i should ask hannah who thinks i should ask ken who thinks I should ask Steve? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Well, I, I, we can have a conversation about it, can't we? I, I think the uh, again we can we can get a bit crazy in our heads and twist it up, but we're, there are some fundamental things we believe as Christ followers, and one of them is that Jesus is outside of time; that He has always existed. Um, he was not created at some point in time. There are other faiths that believe that that Jesus, if you talk to friends who are Mormons or JWs, they, they will believe that Jesus was created at some point, um, some kind of union uh, between uh, a heavenly father and a, a, a heavenly mother, um, and uh, that the offspring, uh, Jesus, even Satan as his twin, um, that's not what the scriptures reveal at all. Jesus has always been. He, he was the word in the beginning. I think we sing it in, in, in that What a Beautiful Name It Is song, don't we? You're the word in the beginning. That first verse is, is very scriptural, very Trinitarian. Um, the second verse, not quite so, but it's a really good first verse. Um, in fact, just as an aside, every time I write Trinitarian on my uh, iPad, it, the spell check changes it to Trinidadian. What, what's that about? Yeah. Um, that's a totally different meaning. So I, I think we just have to accept, actually, that Jesus is out of time, um, not out of time, um, but beyond time, outside of the constructs of time. He's right now in the present heaven. There's a day coming where a trumpet blast will be sounded and Jesus will return and forever on the new heaven and the new earth. We will worship him with all of the redeemed and restored creation. Again, we can't concept that without looking at our watches and wondering how that works. But it's just true. Ken will give you a much better answer, I'm sure. Well, no, I'll try, try and give you a, a science fiction answer if, if we go with that. Who likes Doctor Who? Yeah? And who likes Star Wars? Okay, so, so, so Doctor Who. Um, 
there's two theological terms. You can be immense and you can be omnipotent. Okay? Uh, Doctor Who theologically is immense. See, Doctor Who, he can travel through time. He can go wherever he likes. He can go to the past. He can go to the present. Doctor Who can go anywhere. But you know one thing about Doctor Who? He can't be everywhere. Because you know, in the stories, people say, oh, Doctor, you know, if you'd been here, you'd have saved us from the Daleks. You know, so Doctor Who can go anywhere, but he can't be everywhere. Okay? So Star Wars, the Force. May the Force be with you. Okay? So the Force is everywhere. The Force is this, this... None of this is scriptural, by the way. This is me trying to give you a, a helpful answer. Um, the Force is everywhere. Okay, Luke, use the Force. But what's the problem with the Force? It's impersonal. It's everywhere, but it can't be anywhere. So Doctor Who and Star Wars, even they don't cut it because it's only God who's both everywhere all the time and anywhere all the time. Everywhere in the whole universe, anywhere, right here in our individual hearts. What a great answer. <laughs> who, who, who thought we'd get the theology of Doctor Who and Star Wars this morning? That's brilliant. That's really good. So um, I've got another, another question here that's, um, again, it sort of comes very much from what we were talking about, what Steve was talking about earlier, and I think is um, maybe a little bit more practical. Uh, I'm going to word it exactly as, it, as, as it's written here, so interpret this how you will. Um, but uh, we were talking about light from light. So um, what can we do? so that Jesus' light shines through us? Okay, just a, a bit of a practical question, and let's start with... Okay. Um, yeah, so we, when, when we become believers in Christ, we are um, increasingly made in, in his image. So it's a great question because it, it, it's showing that that will be something that happens, that Jesus' light will shine through us. I think something that this Nicene Creed that we've been looking at today uh, shows, just from the little word from, again and again, is that God is a sending God. He's a missionary God. He, he reaches out uh, beyond himself. And we've been uh, hearing a bit from Noah about going going out of his comfort zone, going somewhere where he didn't have a job, he didn't speak the language, and um, he, he didn't know many people. And that's exactly the sort, that's one of the ways that, that we can reflect Jesus is, is going to neighbours that we don't get on with, going into Europe if, if that's what we're called to, or going to the unreached in North Africa and Asia. Though That's one that comes to mind. Uh, I, I can't add to that. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. I, I, I think um, it's twofold. So Hannah's absolutely right in that light always escapes. My two older children are back home for the weekend. I got up in the night and I can see light coming out from under their bedroom doors in the early hours of the morning because um, they're young people. Light always leeches out, doesn't it, and, and pushes out into territories beyond. But at the same time, there's a call on us uh, whether you go to North Africa or Maastricht or whether you stay your whole life in Crawley, to walk in the light. 
Um, and so John, John is very clear on that in his messages. Uh, one John, the little letters uh, right at the end of the, the, the scriptures, these commands to walk in the light. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. And uh, we have a responsibility as light bearers, light carriers, not to, um, not to distort that light or to darken that light, uh, but for, our, for to live our lives as pure disciples that come near to Jesus, the light. We ourselves are changed. We then walk in the light, carry the light, live the light, shine the light, show the light, all those kinds of things. And uh, so even if you don't feel you have some kind of missionary call, actually our missionary call is best lived out when we look and sound more and more like Jesus, when we deal with sin in our lives, where we forgive one another, uh, where we look and sound distinctively as Christ followers. The light really shines brightly in your workplace in Crawley, as well as to the Muslims of North Africa. That's really helpful, isn't it? I think um, sometimes we can hear or read phrases which we look at and we think, so what? What can I do about that? What difference does it make? But again, I think there are some, a couple of really helpful answers in there. So we're just about out of time and I'm just about out of questions. But we've got the email address up here. Please do continue to put more questions in for next week uh, or for later on in the series. Um, because it's really helpful to be able to hear the questions that are being asked so that we can make sure that we are addressing some of the, the thoughts or confusions or observations or questions that you may have going forward. So that's been, um, been really great today to be able to answer some of your questions about who Jesus is. We've heard that Jesus being God is good news. And that actually that makes a difference to us, knowing that Jesus is God, knowing that the Jesus that we worship is, is the same God that has been there since before the beginning and will still be there in the end, um, in eternity, that is the same God that can touch our hearts right now in the same way as he touched um, the hearts and the lives of people when he was walking on the earth, that the same Jesus that whose, um, whose um, words, whose voice, could heal the sick and release people from demonic oppression is the same Jesus who can heal the sick today and release people from demonic oppression today. Um, that time doesn't matter for him. This isn't, when we read the, but this, this is an iPad, and when we read in the Bible um, about uh, what Jesus did, we're not just reading a historical account of something that happened. We're reading um, some examples of things that still do happen and still can happen. Um, and that when we think about, so what does that mean for us? When we start to become more like him, when we start to be changed by the Holy Spirit, to be into his likeness, the light that Jesus is starts to shine out from us and impact the community that we live in and communities well beyond that. So that's been a really helpful, I think, a really helpful um, little conversation. Hopefully that's answered those questions. Um, if not, ask them again. Um, and we'll look forward to seeing some more of those as we go through. But I think it'd be great to just thank these guys for giving some really helpful answers.